intercepted by Simmons. Is this the dagger? If you are listening to this, that means that you again, for the third time, have found the Bias Sports Podcast. After some time away, after some debates, after some talking, season three and the last reboot, I promise, of the Bias Sports Podcast is back. And it's not just me back. It's the OG, Dylan, me, sports, talking, we're back, baby. It's good to be back. It's going to be fun to to talk and kind of uh, get each other's thoughts on everything. Uh, I've kind of missed it, to be honest with you. I mean, it literally was like two years ago. It's been such it's a been, long It's process. been so long. Yes, it has. And, and the thing that we want to do different this time is we struggled with time last time and doing the, trying to do a weekly, you know, mainly college football, but other sports show. The times don't mesh to us being able to get something, get it recorded, get it edited, get it posted in time for it to make sense with that week. So this time with the Bias Sports Podcast, like we're not wanting to do that. Like college football season comes around, we have time to maybe preview big games like rivalry week or there's just big matchups. Hey, yeah, we can cross that bridge when we get there. But right now what we're doing is we're taking topics that you can listen to today, tomorrow, a year from now, or if you travel back in time and you want to listen to it, it'll make sense. We got ideas of, you know, tonight we're going to talk about the college football playoff, the new expansion. I love it. Do you hate it? Do you love it? You know, baseball, what would we change if we, could, if we were commissioner of baseball for a day? Topics that, you know, we can really go back and listen to. Um, we want to do history po- episodes. You know, what's the history of college football? What's the history of the NFL-AFL merger? You know, maybe we could deep dive into one of these episodes one day of, like, the history of the Los Angeles Lakers and their time back in Minneapolis. We're going to introduce biased picks. I didn't even know they were in Minneapolis. What? Uh, well, <laughs> they'll be listening to that episode. I'll be sitting here listening right along with everyone else. We want to do We want to do biased picks where we're going to pick the over and under for all NFL teams in the, you know, upcoming season. Um... What else did we say? GM for a day. Fix a team. If you, How would you fix the Dallas Mavericks right now? Did you see all the stuff going on with them? Yep. Rick Carlisle yep. leaving, firing the GM. You do everything you can to make Luka happy. How oh, would absolutely. you do to win a championship with the next five years with Luka? Absolutely. Uh, we, we want to talk personal things. You know, I, I, I'm going to my third year of coaching. You know, what's what's been my coaching career so far? And what's my, like, you know, uh, path beyond this year? Dylan, like, what what made you a sports fan and a fan of the teams you are? Like, those are the things that we we want to discuss on episodes. And, and then the one uh, the one episode that we're gonna do in a few weeks is one that will live on forever. It's one that we can't debate for anything. And it's a good debate. So these are just some of the few things that get excited for, get ready for. Make sure that you subscribe and you're just listening to episodes that interest you because we're gonna have lots of different series, lots of different times, and heck. 
Maybe one of these days we'll do a non-biased sports episode of just biased thoughts of everything else going on in this world, like Dogecoin or Dogcoin <laughs> or whatever the kids are calling it these days. Gives us a chance to kind of do whatever we want, whenever we want. Um, no real specific relevance to any certain time frame. Again, like you said, you can listen to it whenever. We can talk about whatever. It, it doesn't really matter. Uh, we can just kind of come up with something in the middle of the week and just dive into it. Yep. So episodes aren't going to be consistent. Some episodes might be an hour. Some episodes might be 20 minutes. It's all going to vary, but all that matters is that we're putting out content that different people are going to enjoy. Find the episodes that you like. Find the niche that you like. And if you listen to half of them, you know, we appreciate it. We're just excited to be able to talk, to be able to talk sports with each other again and post it for the world to hear. So here we are, first episode back in, and we're diving right into college football because it's what we do, it's what we know best, it's what we talk about best, it's what I think we both have the most interest in. And when is college football relevant in the middle of June? You know? Oh man, hey, we're, we're like we've got so much to talk about right now, and it's not even the season yet. We're like ninety-two days away from kickoff. First off, or Ohio State kickoff because that's the one that you know matters the most. Absolutely. And, you know, ninety-two like Thursday days. night. Oh, I'm excited. I'm pumped. Heck yeah! I right after a football practice, come home, turn it on, <laughs> um, and ninety-two days closer to the start of our national championship year. Cause Absolutely. Ryan Day's in it this year. There's no doubt. But anyway, talking national championships, co- talking college football playoff. The biggest news was last week, and it almost feels inevitable. If it doesn't fall through, I might cry like a little girl, and it's the 12-team expansion. And personally, I love it. I absolutely love it. What are your thoughts? I mean, yeah. I mean, of course I love it. You know, playoff is great. You know, throw eight more teams into it that makes it eight times as good. You know, there there's so many pros and cons to it. I mean, you can argue either way, but, but in the end, you, you've got to say that that this is going to be better for college football, better for the fans. Um, obviously, it's going to bring in more money for them, so why wouldn't they want to do it? So it, it, it just makes sense. It, it, it's been talked about for so long. Um, the jump to 12 was a surprise to me. I'm sure jump. it was to you. Absolutely. Um, but but I, I think they'll make it work. I think it'll be good. I At first, like, I mean, I've been down for expansion for quite a while with it. Oh, we were down for expansion after the first year. For the first year. Six to eight, to me, was always like the perfect number. You do six, top two teams get a buy. You do eight, there's no buys. When I I had seen articles over the last few years about 12, and I hated the idea of 12 originally. I just felt like it was too much. You know, what what incentive? But then I'm like, I feel like I'm looking at it wrong. Because as an Ohio State fan... Yeah, like the playoff means something to us every single year, and we're always excited for it. We're always pumped for it. We're always debating it. You know, when we first started this, there was one episode where we talked scenarios. We literally had four scenarios on how it would play out for Ohio State to get back into the playoff because we had lost to Purdue. And never going to a Purdue I, game again, I, dude. But, uh, but the other teams, like when it gets down to like week 10, 11, 12, how many teams does the rest of the season matter for? Like six or seven, it's, it has a chance to realistically, realistically get in the top four spot. If you do 12, literally teams t- rank 12 through 25 have a chance to get that final playoff spot. And it makes so much more intrigue for the rest of college football. And I say this, uh, this as an Ohio State fan, where we almost have like a shoe-in almost every year to like... If there's more teams, guess what happens if we play somebody? More likely to get up for an upset. We don't win a national championship. I love the sport of college football so much that welcoming 12 teams in 
And I don't know if you've been watching, like, you know, uh, the College World Series that's going on. Um, I don't pay a lot of attention to baseball, but guess what? There's upsets in it. You allow teams in a chance to upset. You know, is it going to happen to Alabama every year? No. They're, they're most likely going to play that first-round game and beat the team they're supposed to beat. But guess what? If Cincinnati last year plays, I don't know, um, Oregon, eight, Pac-12 champion Oregon, I bet Cincinnati wins that game. And it there, just, there's so many teams you could throw into that. I mean, you could even look at uh, a couple of years ago. I don't remember what year. Western Michigan, thirteen and zero. Yeah. Do you throw them in the in the playoff? Do you put them at twelve and make them play number five? If I they're playing number five Auburn for a per, for a playoff game, you know what? They could beat them. They could also lose. And guess and then you had those years where the top six teams all win. Everybody's like, see, the playoff doesn't matter. But those years where like the twelve seed or the ten seed and the eight seed all win. Oh man. It's so great for our sport. It's so great to grow our sport. And it just, like, it, it literally gives so many more teams a chance to, you know, for, for it to mean something. Will will the 12 seed ever win a, a national championship? Probably not. Most likely, it's still going to be the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the LSUs, the Oklahomas. But it gives teams in the top 25 something to be excited for every single week. And it also means for Ohio State that we can schedule. There's a few in a few years we have like Notre Dame and Washington as our not as two of our non-conference games. Two, you know, could be very tough teams. Could you know Washington and Notre Dame are what they sometimes are two easy ones. But guess what? We could lose one of those, and we don't have to sweat and talk about 14 scenarios for us to get into the playoff with you know all this other you know SEC bias that goes on and collusion in college football. Like it gives us a chance to stub our toe once still get in and show that if we can beat, you know, 12th-ranked Cincinnati and then Clemson and then Alabama, we deserve to be national championship, national champions. And I just, I love the idea so much now. I love the higher C gets a host. Imagine we get that 5C and it's, you know, LSU is the is the 12. They snuck in. They got that at large bid. LSU coming to Ohio Stadium in December or roles reverse, we get in as a twelve. God forbid Ryan Day ever gets this position where at twelve. And we go to Death Valley in December. Oh, you know dang right, like I'm ready, I'm excited, and I'll be glued to the T V for all those matchups every single time. So you hit on Cincinnati a little bit. So if we're looking at this year, you got teams like Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, you know, teams that were there, maybe good enough, maybe not good enough you know to get into like an 18 playoff but when when you look at a, a 12 team playoff you're putting those teams in there you know maybe Cincinnati's got a you know you throw them in there at 8 and they're getting home field for that first game I mean, imagine that's, them, like they played Georgia this last year in the Peach Bowl or whatever Georgia ended up coming back and winning it was great games Cincinnati held their own Georgia played great if that game's at Cincinnati who knows right, it how could it be goes. completely different Cincinnati absolutely being Georgia in a meaningful game to go advance and play Oklahoma or Clemson or whatever. Like, how is that not great for the game? No, right. I completely agree with that. Um, so I want to kind of, like, touch on what it would have been like in the past. So I want to ask you, throw a little trivia in okay. here. I want to ask you, you remember what year UCF went undefeated? 2015 and 2016. 2017 and 2018. Okay, 12-0 yeah. UCF yep. declared themselves national champions. Yep. This, this is something that they would have been in. 
you know, what would they have done? Yeah. Sure, maybe they wouldn't have won the whole thing, but maybe they don't win the first game. Right, but, but we'll never you know, know. Right, and and with this, we would get the chance to know. And that UCF team, especially the 2017 team, was good. Mm-hmm. They were a great. Yes, team. they were. They, but we'll never know. They stomped the brakes on Auburn. Yep. And 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 the one thing that I love about this is it will give incentive to like bowl games again, like. Because we can admit there are a lot of bowl games, a lot of meaningless bowl games, especially like the non-playoff New Year's Six games. I hate the, especially with with SEC teams, the Auburns. Um, well, it didn't mean anything to us. Like we only play for the playoff. Doesn't mean anything. That excuse is out the door. Like you right, show up, yeah. you show up, you get your ass kicked. Like game over. There's no excuse. It means something for almost every single team. And I just like. It it frustrates me so much the 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 how towards the end of the season right now it doesn't mean a lot for anything and then bowl games have become so diluted and this gives a spark to it and it gives it gives incentive still to like you want to be a top four seed get that bye week and then you get to host like the next game like a bye week and a host like does it get any better than that and then like it means something for more teams those 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 bowl games have become part of the bigger playoff the, the new york new year six games aren't just two playoff games they're six playoff games that can mean something and like you can even rotate it to have like five of them be like playoff games and the six new year six and they rotate it every year be like the you know rose bowl national championship game like it used to be and i don't know i just i love it i literally i love everything about this idea and how much it means more for ohio state and like let's talk about recruiting for it like why is Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama so dominant? It's the big name, the coach. You know, you're the teams that are winning year after year. Did you know that since Nick Saban has been at Alabama, every player that has stayed at least, like, you have four years of eligibility, they say at least all four years, every single one of them has won a national mm-hmm. championship. Yep. Makes so if you're yeah. a big recruit and you know, like, winning is important and winning national championships is important, if I go to Alabama, I'm guaranteed to win. If you're a kid that's like on the borderline, like, hey, I could be a, a second string at Alabama, or I can go be a starter at Cincinnati. I'm not going to win a national championship at Cincinnati. I'm not going to get the opportunity to compete for a national championship at Cincinnati. But with this, that was before this. Before this, now it's different. Now it's like, hmm, I can go be the starter at Cincinnati, and I can have the opportunity to be to play for a national championship. Oregon is another. Like, I mean, think about how good Oregon can be. If Oregon goes to a kid in Southern California that's on the fence of like leaving California or leaving Oregon, leaving the West Coast for one of those big three schools, and says like, "Hey, with this, you're guaranteed to be in the national championship conversation by winning the Pac-12 and being one of these top six seeded like Pac-12 team or conference championship teams, you have the opportunity to compete. Let's do it here. Like that's such a big recruiting tool for the Cincinnati's, the Oregon's, the Indiana's." And it, it takes away from the Alabamas, the Ohio State, right. the Clemsons. It evens things out, which is what people are so against right now with how, you know, the big three of this sport really dominate recruiting. And again, as an Ohio State fan, if it means our sport is better, I'm all for it. I, I literally love the idea of, of taking some of Alabama's recruits away and Clemson's recruits away. And I know Ryan Day will just keep doing it at the level that he's doing. Well, right. It, it rounds out the field. So, I mean, if you talk like someone that, that – you know, is from Cincinnati to where you've got offers from Cincinnati and Alabama. You know, maybe Cincinnati's not going to get in every year. Maybe one year they're a seven seed, one year they're they're sneaking in as a 12, one year they're at 25. 
you're not going to get in every year, and and you know that going in, but you have the chance to do it. Yep. A couple times, you know, if you're there for four years, you you know maybe you go to the playoff two or three times. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that opportunity is now there that wasn't there before. Yeah. All right, so I wanted to hit you with a second trivia question, and I think this one's going to stump you. Um, so, what was Alabama's worst final ranking in the playoff poll? Um, it would have been the year that they missed it, so probably two years ago. 2019. 2019. I think they finished like after the bowl game was over and the national championship no, was No, no, no. I'm talking the, the final poll, which I guess I think it was it's before the playoff. Oh, that got them left out? Yes, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I could be wrong, but let's just see what you say. So, so real quick, it was LSU 1, Clemson 2, Ohio State 3, Notre Dame 4. Yes, um, it was that year that LSU went undefeated. Um, I'm going to say, so Alabama lost two games that year. They lost to LSU, and they lost to Auburn. I think so. Seventh? Sixth? Okay, so their final ranking was 13th. Oh, 13th. Wow. Wow. 13th. Now you look at a 12-team playoff. Are you leaving Alabama out in a year like that? I mean... Auburn was 12 at 9-3. and Yeah, Alabama was thirteen at ten I mean, and two. You, you would you would look at it. You you do the top six conference champs, which would be like like we just said: LSU, Ohio State, um, Clemson. Um, let's just say let's just pick Notre Dame from the eight, the Pac twelve, um, whatever the group of five top conference team was, and then obviously Oklahoma out of the Big Twelve. Um, those six: Notre Dame is an at large, Auburn's an at large. And then whoever fills out the rest of like seven through twelve, which Baylor that year um, was real good. Baylor's only loss was Oklahoma. Um, Texas, I think was was pretty decent that year. That was the year they lost to Oklahoma. I think with Jalen Hurts. Right. So yeah, I but mean, I mean, it's down to and part of it is is that committee. How's the committee gonna go? And that's the one. That's the only thing that with this I think needs to be fixed. Is it is it up to the com- a committee to pick the twelve the six best conference teams to get those top six and the six at large, or is it simply based off rankings? That's I think that's the biggest question with this and the route that they need to decide if we go expansion, who, what, when decides who gets in. Right, and, and so the biggest thing for that, and not necessarily this year, but more in the years coming as the field sort of rounds out with what you talked about mm-hmm. with the recruiting. Um, I mean. What I was saying about Alabama finishing ten and two, that could happen to anybody. Yeah. You know, one year you lose two games to you know, you got a couple top twenty five opponents, you drop two games, one of them's at the end of the season, you could be sitting on the outside looking in. Absolutely. You know, and it could happen to anybody. It could happen to Alabama again. It could happen to us, unfortunately. Uh we know what we like to do when we have to go to Purdue and we'll have to do it again here soon. But so you say like with Alabama going ten and two, losing last game of the season, you know, what if you're Penn State in twenty sixteen? You lose two of your first three games to Pitt, to Michigan. You go on a run. You go beat Ohio State. You upset them. You win the the Big Ten Championship. You're guaranteed. Oh, it. yeah. There's no BS a, about a, it. A two-loss team's in now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so where before we were looking at it, we didn't want to put a two-loss team at, in any time. Yeah, absolutely. So. And, and So I have a trivia question for you, then. Okay, hit me with it. Under this 12-team format, what would be the only team to make the playoff every single year? Ohio State. Ohio State, baby. Because I just went over Alabama missing it. Well, okay, what about Clemson? Have they been up there? No, earlier? they would have missed it the very first year. Really? Florida State made it with Jameis. Clemson wasn't. They, I mean, they didn't have a bad year, but they weren't like a 
Okay. Top twenty-five teams. So it was before they were relevant then. Yeah, it was okay. like literally only year. Every, every they made every. I since. I don't I don't remember when but a year when Clemson wasn't relevant. It was it was twenty fifteen. It was like I said, Florida State won it that year because it was Oregon or it was Alabama won Oregon, Florida State, and then we got in as a fourth. So, but we would be the only team. We're the only team within the top right, yeah. twelve every single time that would have made it. So. All I see is national championship, national championships for the near in the near future with Ryan Day under this format. All right, so we talked about the playoff. Now, like, let's talk about the other small things within the sport that we would change. What are some of your like quick ideas? Something that you know you really think would ch- would take these changes and enhance it and make it even better. I, I think most everybody can agree on this. Get Notre Dame in a conference. BYU, put them in a conference. Yeah. You know, the BYU team last year was good. You know, you know, you need to be in a conference to really prove sh- year after year yeah. to show what what you're doing. You know, if you pick up three conference championships in a row, you know, you're a contender. Yeah. But if you're not in a conference, let me, like let me ask you something. Like, I mean, Ohio State. What's what's Ohio State's first goal of the season is what? Beat the team up north. Like, that's goal right. number one. What's goal right. number two, though? Win the first game. Well, I was going to say, like, win Big Ten Championship. But, n- no, yeah. Like, that's that's part of the goal. What's right. Notre Dame's? Like, they don't have right. a... So, last a year, that was great. Yeah. Put Notre Dame in ACC. That was wonderful. I loved that. I, I would love, love if they joined the ACC. Clemson. I think it was a perfect conference for them. Yep. It worked, but... Now, I think the Big Ten would be more perfect for them, but... They're already in the ACC with other sports, and if they right. joined one, it would be the ACC. But adding to that, not necessarily just the independents, I think there needs to be a little bit of realignment um, with some of the, the bottom feeders in the conferences. Now, Rutgers is is doing is killing recruiting right now, but in the past, Rutgers is bottom of the Big Ten every year right. since they joined. That's That was a money move to get New York people interested in college football, and really college football doesn't need that region as much right. as maybe they or the big 10 doesn't as much as they thought but again like you do some good recruiting and guess what they're on the come up right they are i mean they really are but but teams like kansas in the big 12 yeah. i mean bottom every year i mean they hardly even ever win a game i would rather you see know? you know throw kansas in in a, in a mountain west conference yeah. you know maybe they win four or five games i'd rather see kansas in the mountain west and put boise state into the big 12. absolutely yes or, you know taking one the bottom and and i think I think that like college football is a one sport where you can have like conference realignment every single year and it it not affect like the whole you can have like affiliate members. Like I I struggle with this with like Ohio high school football sometimes. Like and I don't I don't want to get too much into that. But like I see like my own like where I coach at Galleon like, the MOAC is a good sport for us, like, football-wise, but is it a great sport for us basketball-wise? Maybe not. Or another sport. Or, like, you know, let's just take, you know, where you went to school at Northmore. Like, your conference, is it great in every single sport? No. No, no it's not. But, I mean... But the one that matters the most is football. Football, Does it right. matter for football? Well, yeah. Absolutely. So, like, that's the one you want to be a part of. So, we need to look at this, like... The sport that matters the most for these schools, like when it comes to revenue, money, creating the biggest buzz is football. Football pays for every single other sport besides maybe like basketball. 
Yeah, basketball's up there too. Other than that, and, and no, so, you're on like, the right track. Be members for the respective conference, and like the Ohio States, the Clemsons, the Alabamas, they're always going to be Big Ten, SEC, ACC. Although, like Ohio State, if we ever left the Big Ten, I would not be against it, especially with what happened with COVID last week. <laughs> this discussion for another day. But like, what I'm getting at is like, if for college football to make the sport better, there was more, you know, realignment. Or, like, this is going to sound stupid, but an independent conference of teams from, like, all over, you know, the map as one conference and not, like, specifically regionalized. Because what we have regionalized has created this, like, Kansas is stuck in the Big 12. You know, there was, I remember when the Big East was going through this change and it was going from, like, Big East to AAC, you know, and there was a big Nebraska going to the Big 10. There was talks about Boise State, like, joined the Big East. And that was when they were still, like, West Virginia, um, Pitt, yeah, uh, right. all those teams. Right. How cool would that have been to see Boise State yeah. playing those teams and being a big, like, a Power 5, Power 6 conference? But geographically, it doesn't work out. It's stupid to say, like, oh, Boise State members of the Big East. It just it doesn't work out. And college football could be that one sport to where, like, Boise State football-wise can go compete with the Pac-12. Put them in the Pac-12. I mean, it works. Utah's in the Pac-12. Yeah. And then, like, but it's 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 got to be more fluid and needs to change a little bit more often than what it is. Like, the balance of power has to be a little bit different, a little bit more, you know, universal. And to help these teams really have the best opportunity to, to succeed. Right. Especially so, the bottom tier teams. Right. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, these the teams we talked about, I mean, so like your Kansas, your Rutgers, uh, throw in Pitt, um, those teams aren't ever going to win their conference. I mean, right. it, it's safe to say that. Sure, Rutgers can recruit a little bit, but you've got to compete with the best of the best Not when it comes you to have recruiting. To get through, like, in order to get to the Big Ten championship game, you have to go through Ohio State. Right. And you and might. Not even Ohio State. You got to go through Penn State, you Wisconsin. Might get, yeah, you might get through Michigan State one time. Or Penn State one time, but you're not. They're not being Ohio State, right? And they'll never have that. Or we won't even go Big Ten. Like, let's go SEC West. Like uh, Arkansas, gonna have a good year. They might beat Texas A&M. They might beat Auburn. Yeah, back when they had oh god, uh, Darren Darren McFadden, McFadden, uh, Ryan Mallett, yeah, guys like that. Yeah, you know. But they're not being Alabama. Flew a couple years, right? Yeah. Even look at Texas A&M. They could have a very, very, very good season next year. Guess what? I don't see a scenario where they beat Auburn, LSU, and Alabama in the, in the same year to get to the right, you know, SEC championship. Right, and then win that too. Yeah, right against a Florida or a Georgia. Right. So I don't know. It just it, conference realignment though is definitely something that like is it, it does it need to change to make the to like to make things perfect? Well, no. In and, a, and, I mean, I'm saying in a perfect world, like these small changes would make it perfect. It's not one of the biggest things right now. Right. And I'm not saying go in and take, you know, six teams out of the, the, the Big 12 and throw them in the Mountain West Conference and, you know, flip four teams out of the SEC. I'm talking like the bottom team two, maybe three teams, depending on the conference. Mm-hmm. Move them around. Give them a chance to succeed. Get a team in there that is yeah. succeeding in a lower conference, you know, a group of five. Put them in a conference where they have a chance to do something. Right. Absolutely. And I think, like, and, and then I want to continue on the conference talk because – the one thing that irks me so much is the discrepancies between rules of, of conferences. And that's where college football, that's where it starts with like the most like 
corruption, and I would I don't even want to say corruption, but just like lack of consistency from the top down. And last year with COVID and the way COVID, the COVID situation affected college football and how it was handled by each conference, shows the the lack of this consist- consistency, and it completely derailed. It, it could have been catastrophic for Ohio State in the Big Ten. And specific, like, I mean, specifically Ohio State. And I remember the day that it was like, that it got said we weren't having a season. And I texted you oh, yeah. this big long paragraph about if we don't play college football this year at Ohio State and the SEC does and the ACC does and the Big 12 does, Ryan Day, first off, why would you stay at Ohio State? You'll, ne- they'll never, you'll never have that school, that, that backbone to back you up. Why would you stay there if you're a recruit and you know, like, oh, anytime there's adversity now going forward, you know, we're gonna t- they're gonna take the easy way out. Just those small things it would add up. It would become so big. What the NCAA should have done is said, we have three options COVID wise, and it's going to affect the SEC the same as it does the ACC, the same as it does the Big Ten and the Mount West and the Independents and whoever and whatever and whatever. And it needs to be like it needed to be like if you don't want to play this year. Regardless of your conference or whatever, as a single school, that's fine. Every conference is going to follow the same rules and have three or four different plans depending on how COVID was going to look in September, October, November. And it just showed, it really, really showed how every conference runs their own rules, has their own system, and it almost feels like Ohio State plays for the Big Ten first and not like the NCAA first. And... It's something so simple as like the SEC and the ACC play how many conference games? Are they at nine? Eight. Eight. Okay. The so Big we're Ten, up to nine. the Pac-12, and the uh, Big Ten, the Big Ten, Big Twelve, and Pac-12 play nine. Which, which I can agree with that. Get your your Tulane and whoever else you're playing out of there. That, you know, Make it's it the fine. same for every single team. But because right. because the SEC plays eight. Well, guess who Alabama and LSU and them are playing week right. before rivalry week? Right. The Citadel. Throwing, right. The, the Tulane's, the Tulsa, those small schools. When Ohio State's playing Penn State, Michigan, back-to-back, and then going to play in the Big Ten Championship game. And it's just... No, like, I get that. And completely. I don't, like I said, I don't care if it's eight or nine. Make it consistent among uh, among all schools. Make it... You either all play FCS, uh, one FCS school. You need year, to get that that late se- that late season FCS school. Get that out of there. It's I, not. I hate it. It's a disgrace to college football for Alabama to be doing it or Clemson to be doing it. I don't remember who it was. Is it was it Clemson last year, year before, almost choked. Uh, <laughs> one of them almost choked, and I think it was the Citadel. It was a close game up until yeah, like the it fourth was quarter. Close in the fourth but, quarter, and they pulled away. But but you're gonna get that fluke once every. Ten years, yep. Appalachian State coming in beating Michigan. You know, oh, man. You, you get that fluke every we'll ten years, something. but it's there's no consistency to that. Usually, right. it's a sixty-six to fourteen game. Yep. Why are you doing it? It means, and especially that late in the season, it just it's a it's a big middle finger to the fans. It's a I I understand what Alabama says. Like, well, we have such a grind in the SEC, and we want to rest our players for rivalry week. Like. I don't care. Like play the nine conference games, and like the Big Ten's no put like no walk over the park. Like these these Power Five conferences play enough big enough schools, and like yeah, Alabama's playing LSU is a good team. Texas A&M is a good team. Arkansas is not. Mississippi State, Ole Miss is not. Like they're no different than us playing the 
Purdue's, which beat us sometimes, just like Ole Miss beats Alabama sometimes. Like, and and sure, sometimes those teams have got their you know they've got a team. Dak Prescott was on Mississippi yeah. State, you know. The grind, you the get grind that. is there for everybody, but the rules need to be consistent. That way, like when it comes to the debate of like, especially if the if the committee is doing the the final twelve or final four, whatever it is, in college football, consistency is key. And in order to give the best product and the most fair playing field for every team, regardless of conference or regardless of division, whether it's the worst team in the conference or the best, if you have the same playing field, then there's never any debate on who deserved it the most and who did it. And like. And again, I mean, I will go back to COVID last year, and I, I will always remember last. I will never remember a regular season game from last year. Yeah, I won't either. I, I couldn't tell you a single team we played because we had so many get canceled. The one thing that I will always remember is a playoff game against Clemson because once it got to that, it didn't matter what we had, but it should have never been to the point where like there was so much debate and so much controversy of us getting in over Indiana, um, and, you know, in the Big Ten cha- in the championship game and like what followed because there should have been universal rules set by the NCAA last year. And like, we're seeing this with when it comes to officiating, you know, the, the biases with officiating, like the SEC and all the collusion there is in the SEC. Do we really want them roughing big 12 ACC games? Why do we not have like universal refs? Like, why is it conference affiliated refs? Like, right. I don't understand that at all. Right, especially when it comes to the end, when you're one conference against the other. And I know we were talking about it last year, and when we were getting down to the championship game, I remember talking with you. You know, what refs were we going to have? You know, yeah, who who were they coming from? The the Big Twelve, you know, ACC. Where were they coming from? Yeah. Why why are these conferences hiring individual refs? Like, why right. is it just not the NCAA refs? Like. And and I get I understand there's gonna be collusion. There's gonna be um, especially with like sports gambling getting to what it is going to be. There's always gonna be that little you know that one person that maybe are they doing the right thing? But that's gonna ha- going to happen regardless of they're universally the same or they're conference affiliated. And we're, we've and the college football has focused so much on conference affiliation, and it's just it's it's bad for the game and things. Again, have to be consistent, and consistency is key with this. I think the final thing we want to talk about when it comes to college football rules and things that need to be changed is targeting rule. Targeting rule, I understand the purpose of it, the safety aspect of it, and if it needs to be a rule changed or implemented to prevent players from leading with the crown of their head for the overall safety of the athletes, 100% agree. But what is a joke is the way it is called, the consistency that it's called, and the punishment for it. To suspend a kid the rest of the game, or in the second half, the first half of the next game, for a natural, a play that happens naturally, cannot happen. Call the flag. In the NBA, we have flagrant one and flagrant two. Flagrant one is, you know, I did something with my body hurt you didn't it wasn't on purpose and you can you can see intent 99 percent of the time flagrant two if i clothesline you you're gonna see that i clothesline you that deserves an ejection when it comes to targeting it's the same thing like you can you can just tell when a player is has the intent of lowering his helmet and doing what they're doing and, and they should deserve to be ejected but when it happens naturally within the flow of a football game of a contact sport that these 
student athletes or these high school kids or these NFL players sign up for, then then we have they have to accept what happens and how it happens without ejecting the kid. And like, I'll give you an example of one with intent. It was um, LSU in Wisconsin, probably four or five years ago, and they were playing like an opening season game at Lambeau Field. Okay. Do you remember? Do you, you have any memory of this game? Not at the moment. So I'm at the end, Wisconsin was up by a touchdown or two, and there was no way. It was like not enough time on the clock. And they were like running one more play, and an LSU player clearly had intent of lowering his head and and shoved and and tackled the kid and got a guy ejected for targeting. And I'm all for it because you could clearly see like the play was over and he what he did lowered his helmet or however the targeting was. We can see it, and you eject them. But when it happened, and I love, or I hate Clemson, when um, Justin Fields got knocked out, I don't think that the Clemson kid had any intent to, like, you know, lower his head and hurt him. Now, he wants to hurt him when he tackles him. You want, you want it to hurt. You don't want him to get back up right. without injuring him. Like, you want him to know, like, hey, I hit you hard. I don't think he intentionally, like, int- had any intention of lowering his helmet and hurting him. He didn't deserve to be ejected. Just the same as the year before when Sean Wade's going for a, you know, uh, safety uh, safety blitz and lowers his head a little bit. Is that targeting? Sure, you can call it. Call the penalty. Don't eject Sean Wade for it. It needs to be better. The rule needs to be changed. Right. You, you can see when there's the intent. I mean, you can tell. Some plays are, are, are fluke, and it's going to look like there's an intent when there wasn't. It's gonna That's going to happen. But... You could tell. I mean, if a player's trying to hit you in the head and he's dropping his head, I mean, you can tell if he's doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's plays, like you talked about the Sean Wade. You know, maybe there was a little bit, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, it's not like he's hitting him face on the side of the helmet, you know, yeah. he's going to knock him out. I mean, some of those, it's just there's got to be consistency on what you're calling. Like you said, don't throw him out necessarily when you can tell that there's not the intent because it it happens you can't avoid that it's going to happen right. it, 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 i get you're trying to go away from it but you can't eliminate it completely because it's times, a football play two times it in happens. one game if it's the same player twice in a game sure yes that's ejection right but no matter no matter if, if there's intent or not yep. right i agree but yeah there's there's just got to be more of a consistency of well, not necessarily the consistency. You just gotta you gotta set the rule. You gotta change the rule. The rule needs to be changed. And, and you need to you need to sit everyone down and, and make sure everyone's looking at it, mm-hmm. knowing what what it is going in, knowing what you can do, what you can't do. You know, if there's intent, you know, this is what's going to happen. You know, if if and if all, it's and, noticeable that you're not trying to blow this guy's head off, you know, this is what's going to happen, because, and you can stay in the because game. Because right now, only half get called. It's the same with holding. Holding happens on every single play. Which ones do you call? The, the most blatant, right. the most obvious, right? The ones that are obvious that are, that are affecting but if the play. Targeting, like targeting, isn't about the most blatant, the most obvious ones. Targeting is about the safety of the players. But right now, when the way you call it is inconsistent and only like the most noticeable ones, it's not a rule about protecting the players. It's a rule about like governing football and change in, you know, when Ohio State lost Sean Wade. It changed the course of that game for us. And that play doesn't happen. If Sean Wade tackles with his head up and it's a sack, Ohio State's winning that game 42 nothing. Like, what that was at that time. Like, not only to give get Sean Wade ejected, hey, got him a first down and completely turned around the game because you called it on that one. But if they don't, 
even though it was targeting, like that's where there has to be that rule, the parameter. And if this is really about the safety of the players, then call it every single time fairly or change the rule to where, again, like you said, how egregious is it? Is it the full head of the crown? Is it like lowered a little bit? You know, set everybody sits in a room and sets the right parameters with it. So with this, like, I mean, we, we've talked this college football scenario, like, this is something that we, we want to fix our sport, the sport that we love, the sport that we are so passionate about. But there's so many other sports that, or there, there are sports leagues that are so messed up, so poor. Maybe there's a few things that we would change, and that's what, you know, we kind of want to focus on with this episode besides college football playoff. And I think the one that we can agree the most needs to be fixed and needs to be changed is my least favorite of like the major sports in America, and that's baseball. Major League Baseball is a joke. Major League Baseball needs to be changed. Major League Baseball has to do something different to keep fans around that aren't under the age of 50. Because everybody over the age of 50, or anybody under the age of 50, probably hates baseball right now. Well, the first thing you need to do is is not make a change in the middle of the season. I mean, that that would fix some of your problems. That would fix some of your problems. Also, like, why do we care about this when, you know, players for the Astros literally admitted to cheating and not a single one of them faced suspension, but you're going to suspend pitchers for doing, you know, manipulating the ball when you tell me batters don't manipulate the ball with the things that they put on their bat. Hmm. But it's beyond that. It's beyond these rule changes, which we will get into in just a second. But let me ask you, who's the top? who are the top three biggest names slash best players in baseball right now? Oh, boy. Well, Tatis is obviously number one. Um, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts. Probably those three, most of them are yeah, in the top five. Yeah. When's the last time you saw a commercial with Mookie Betts, Tatis, or Mike Trout in it? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Oh, you have it. Who are the three biggest names in the NBA? LeBron. LeBron. Uh, Giannis, Luka, Kawhi, you know. Harden, Durant, yeah. How many times, when's the last time you saw a commercial with any of those players in it? Probably the last yeah. time you turned the TV on. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the biggest names in the NFL? Brady, oh, Mahomes, Brady, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Rod- yeah. What's the last time you saw a commercial with like Brady, Mahomes? Probably the last time you turned on the TV. Right. Like the Major League Baseball does not market their big players, their big teams, in any way to draw interest, to draw fan appeal. Like they don't even like they barely advertise like their Sunday night baseball marquee games. Well, now. I'll kind of go the opposite way on that. I do see a lot for the Sunday night baseball, but that's all I see. That, okay. I mean, if, if I see something, it's about Sunday night baseball. And it, it seems like it's the same teams every week. Yeah. But The Red Sox, the Yankees, right. and that feels about it. And I don't watch a lot. I'm, I'll be the first. Like, I don't watch a lot of baseball. I'm not interested in baseball. I, I It's it's a sport it's a that shame. everybody plays as a kid, except for me. Like, I want to get into it, though. I want to like it. I think one thing that will help me get into it a little bit more eventually is sports betting when that becomes legal, which we'll talk about later on. It would be easier if you had a a team close to you that was easy to be likable. Well, I root for for Pittsburgh-based teams. Pirates are a joke, so... Yeah, Pirates are a joke. The Indians, the owners are trash. I mean, it's just all around, yeah. So the one thing for baseball that I think is good is the... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
the turnaround that teams can have. Like, let's look at the Kansas City Royals back in, like, 2014-2015. Joke of a franchise, wins a World Series, joke of a franchise. Right. Like, the turnaround yep. is so quick. Look at Cleveland. Like, look at your Indians. Had a, a pretty good run of being pretty good consistently. Made it to a World Series, a 3-1, blows the lead. Have you guys sniffed the playoffs since? Yeah, we've you, been you wild card. Into, wild card. Did you make it right. anywhere past that? No, we haven't well, been past. No. What's it like this year? Well, right now, uh, I saw it today. I don't remember what it is. We're we're ten games above five hundred. It's our best record at this point in it was either seven or ten years, which doesn't seem mm-hmm. like it. Uh, the at the start of the season, the talk was how we've avoided the injury bug. Yeah. You know, but we were still playing. You know, average. So now half our roster's hurt. We're pulling up guys that nobody's ever heard of to to go out there and toss five innings, and we you know we expect them to you know give up two runs and and get out of there after five innings, and they're giving up six and three. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've been hit with the injury bug, but we're still improving. But so that's the thing though like last season definitely didn't go as planned and i it was covid season but right yeah it didn't go as planned for anybody this year with losing your big best player slash biggest name and but we're better without him you're better without him the turnaround is so good and it can happen just like that like honestly next year if like who's probably the give me like a top a bottom 10 team in baseball not like the bottom three or four or five but a bottom 10 bottom 10 um probably Detroit, but they're on their way up. They were Detroit at the bottom, easily, but, but they're I, on their way next up year, with prospects. Year, wild card team, we wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't but either. The Giants this year, I, I hear on the radio all the time how bad the Giants are supposed to be this year and how good oh, they've the, been so I, far. I, I, and everybody's like, that. well, the, the fall-off's coming. The fall-off's coming. Ask the Giants win. Well, it's like the the uh, Milwaukee the, Brewers. Yeah. All they can do is pitch, but it's getting them. Look at the Padres. You know, it's a division right lead. The Padres, three, four years ago, and they spent some money. Oh, God, they spent like some Tom, money. You Jesus. go get a kid like Tatis Jr., and he is, I'm not a big baseball guy, but he's fun to watch. So oh, absolutely. Are fun. Oh, I can't stand and him, but I love to watch him. I love the bat flip. I love, I hate, base, and this is my biggest gripe with baseball. These unwritten rules of baseball are a joke. It makes the sport no fun. You can cry all you want about like four hour long games. I if watching on TV, like I would love to watch. Like, like I love watching games all day long, college football games, NFL games, whatever. If you if you if I'm watching a baseball game for four hours, I feel like I would enjoy all four hours of it. Going to a game, like I'm paying money to go to something. I want it to last as long as I can. I don't pay money to go to a concert and be like, I want this concert to be over an hour and a half. Like I want to get home. Like I want the concert <laughs> to go on as long as possible. Right. Why do people want baseball games to end so quickly? You want to know what you need to do at baseball games to make it more fun, to make the TV experience more fun? Add some juice to it. You know, I love, like, I pay attention to baseball when there's no hitters, when there's perfect games, or when a score is like 13 to 11. Yeah, but the thing about the no hitters and perfect. Give me great offense, give me great defense. Like, the, I'll watch w- those games. When you get the no hitters in the perfect games, those games are boring until you get to the seventh inning when, yeah. when you know, it's on the radar. Like, oh, this guy's perfect through six. What's he going to do now? But, then but it, up until then, there's no action. The game's boring. But, so you need to do, they need to do a better job of, you know, that beginning stuff. And I don't have the answer to that. I just know it needs to change. But what I do know, like, what I do have the answer to is going back to these unwritten rules. The fact that if a player, if a pitcher throws a softball pitch to you and you blast it and you flat flip it and you do whatever and then you're going to get the pitch thrown at you the next time you're at, at bat is a joke. It is a complete joke. It's a disgrace to, you know, what 
being a badass is all about. Or the I'm going to go back a few weeks, the Chicago, uh, the White Sox kid, that it was a 3-0 pitch, they're up by like 11 or 12. It's a 45-mile-per-hour fastball. From a position player. I don't care. I don't care. Don't put him out there then. <laughs> don't throw 45 miles per hour. If you're a Major League Baseball player and you have that coming down, you're coming down, you don't swing at it, you don't hit it, shame on you. And then for your manager to go and defend the other dude is an absolute joke. I know the dude's old school. Guess what? Old school doesn't work anymore. There's not unwritten rules of baseball anymore. Let them have fun. Let them grow the brand. Let them grow the sport. Because baseball does not do that with their big stars, with their players that do stuff like that. The the Blue Jays guy from, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Batista, Batista, or whatever, did the bat flip. Um, Jose Batista yes, years ago, six, yeah. seven years ago. One that, like, one of my like probably the most iconic baseball memories that I've had in like the last ten years of things that I remember. Him, hitting that home run, doing the bat flip, and the amount of people that were mad about it. Why? Like, let them celebrate. Let them show some damn emotion. Baseball is so boring because it doesn't allow emotion. It doesn't allow their big stars to be big stars. It doesn't advertise their players. I think, like, I don't know the exact thing, but isn't there, like, with broadcasting, like, local broadcasting rights or whatever, like, where's the, how do you watch Indians games? Uh, right now I stream them on the internet because we don't get the Indians games at home or I listen to them on the radio. Why or... do you not get it at home? YouTube TV doesn't have it. Local blackouts. Well, that too. You have like I as a yeah. So if there's something on, if there's something on, if they play on MLB Network, so if it's like the the game the night or whatever, the Indians are playing on MLB Network. It's a local blackout because the local stations have the rights to it. Which, like, and I still can't watch it. As a Steelers fan, I cannot. I hate when like we're playing since or not Cincinnati. We're playing Baltimore. And the Raven at one o'clock, and the Bengals are playing whoever, and the Browns are playing whoever at one o'clock, and I can't watch the Steelers game even though it's a bigger game because it's local teams are going to be on TV over us. Well, it's your local station, though. It's still it does, it's still CBS. It's all those local ones, but baseball doesn't allow it to happen. How are you supposed to grow your sport with your local audience if you don't even let them play their games on TV? You have to go illegally stream it or play it on the radio, like. It's a joke. The access to it is a joke. It, it's it's something that's got to be changed. And yeah, I would, that's fair. I would change that in a heartbeat. I would I would I would advertise it. I'd make it big on Twitter. Like make baseball fun for kids to want to watch, and then kids will want to go play, and the sport will grow, and it will get bigger. It will become better, and you've got to eliminate these unwritten rules. So, so I will say that they're going towards that um, with YouTube. So they're starting to do streams on stream games on YouTube. So um, I think once a week, I think on like a Wednesday, they do like a noon game on YouTube. It's free for anybody to go watch, and then they'll have if you're verified on YouTube, you can you can get on there and you can comment on it. And so you got all these people talking, and it, it's fun to watch. Um, with tonight or last night or something, there was one uh, six thirty game. It was free live on YouTube. You could go watch it. So I think they're going in that direction, but I think they need to do it uh, with a little more pep in their step. If if they're doing it, they're they're way behind the eight ball, way behind the eight ball. Because what the NFL does, what the NBA does, I mean they're they're in your face with all the stars. As soon as a big play happens, guess what? It's on Twitter, it's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, it's on TikTok, it is on 
everything. Which, by the way, uh, Biosports coming to TikTok here pretty soon. So just get ready to <laughs> download TikTok, re-download TikTok, follow Biosports Podcast, or whatever the app will be. We'll, we'll plug that soon, but we're coming to TikTok soon. Shameless plug right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I just... Baseball, baseball needs a lot to fix. Do you have any morals that you want to say on baseball? Any other things that you want to bring up that need to be fixed? All I all I want to say is the Indians. I don't know how we're winning. It's incredible. It's probably got to do with the manager, but um, bringing in somebody like Ahmed Rosario that's hitting better than Francisco Lindor um, is just incredible. It's great for the future that he's doing that now because he's he's still in in his younger years, his early years. Um, owners need to sell the team. We're not going to win anything if we don't bring in some talent. What I mean, the name to you, by the way? Oh, God. What do you want it to be? So in, a, in an ideal world, Buckeyes would be cool, but I don't want it to be Buckeyes just because it Lame. meshes too much. Uh, it's going to end up being Guardians or Spiders. Which one? I don't know. I think you can. Ma- I, th- like, I think you can make Guardians that's what you're work. Final two is yeah. Guardians or Spiders. I think. See, I think I like what? Guardians I better. Heard anything about that? Because they don't like talk about. Well, it. Get on the internet. Brought up. I, I'm on the internet. <laughs> but but no. Let, I literally live and die sports and <laughs> internet. Like that's what I'm always on. The the thing about Guardians is you can tie it into what you have now. Mm-hmm. So Indians Guardians ends the same. You can use same things. You don't have to change a whole ton, which I think would would help a lot if you if you're not changing everything so just like on their scoreboard in, in left field they got the big uh logo i guess if you will that says indians up there you can keep that same design and logo and just change the first few letters and, and make it work and i i think that that would be the ideal I like change spiders. but i think spiders would be cool yeah yeah I mean, it would, but but when you get to spiders, you're changing everything. Think about all the so. Spider-Man stuff you could do with like the, <laughs> the red and the blue. That's fair. Hey, listen, the that's Cleveland, fair. I didn't think of that. The Cleveland Spider-Man. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Well, I think we're gonna wrap up our episode one of season three, or volume one of season three, or you know, the first episode of the third reboot of Bias Sports. Now, uh, again, I. I really want the direction that we're going with this to be something that we consistently do. Do more than 10 episodes like we did the first time. More than 5 or 6 that I did the second time. And I, I think the way that we're setting this up, the way we're doing this, the the no pressure on us to get the content done the way we think that we need to do it will allow us to put out good episodes of things that we really want to talk about and that's what matters is that you and I are enjoying it and that if people are listening if you listen this far that you're enjoying it right and we're going to do it more of I mean it's us hanging out talking sports we're not diving into a script going down the script doing everything you know in a specific order we're just diving in we're talking getting the you know the thoughts that, that we have on everything this is how we talk like if if Microphones were in front of us, and the computer and iPads weren't. This is how we would be talking. Like, it, this it, is, and maybe, we're also doing it different where we're looking at each other yeah. this time, and it makes it a little easier to have that conversation yep. uh, type of setting that we have. Um, so this is something too that if you have anything that you want us to uh, a series of something that you want us to dive into, you know, message me, get a hold of me, follow us on Twitter. I'll put those plugs in because, gosh, I don't remember what it is anymore because we've done this so many. We've been we've rebooted this so many times, but when the social medias are up, you know if you find this and you want to hear something specific, 
let us know. Like I, I mean, I, I love talking sports, specifically college football, NBA, NFL. Right, and, and maybe if it's something you've got, maybe it's a little five minute segment we throw in, or maybe we make a thirty minute episode out yep. of it. You know, it it could be anything. I mean, whatever you want. And that's the beauty of bias sports because if we don't want to do it, we won't because <laughs> we are a little biased. 